Welcome to the Clear Skin Chronicles, the podcast that takes you on a journey to uncover the secrets of achieving glowing, acne-free skin. We believe that knowledge is power, and by understanding the root causes of your acne, we can create a solid foundation for long-lasting clear skin. I'm Katie Stewart, registered holistic nutritionist and founder of The Clear Skin Solution, where we help women just like you get to the root cause of their acne. And I'm Chris Brown, registered holistic nutritionist and program director in The Clear Skin Solution. Through functional testing, we pinpoint where the body system imbalances lie so we can dive deep into your acne clearing journey. We work virtually with clients to clear up their skin from the inside out and have helped thousands of women worldwide regain their confidence. I am so excited for today's podcast because we have one of our clients, the lovely Erin Milzinski. And if you are in any type of alpine ski racing, you have definitely heard the name before. She is a four-time Olympian, competed at four Olympic Games for our lovely country here in Canada. She's done three World Cup medals with one World Championship medal all in alpine ski racing. And while she's now retired from the Olympic Games, she is still doing her racing. She's racing in the World Pro Ski Tour. She's busy. She's traveling around the country. Her and her partner, Lenny, they've been living out of a school bus, which I think has been so cool. Erin, how long did it take you to kind of complete the rental on the school bus to be able to like travel around and go to all these events in it? Longer than we thought it would take us. But I think in total, it was about seven or eight months in order to renovate. And this was like a full, like livable school bus. Yeah, exactly. We bought it as a school bus with everything, stop sign, everything yellow. And then now it's a green schoolie and it has heat and water and a toilet. And yeah, it's ready to live in. When you told me that, I'm like, this is the coolest thing ever. So why did you opt to do this route rather than like hotels and B&Bs and, you know, planes? I'm sure you're very accustomed to that life as well. Yeah, I think the biggest thing is that my boyfriend was also an Olympian and we spent a lot of time apart. And so we wanted to, I guess we bought the tiniest thing we could own to spend as much time as close as possible to each other. But really it was, I mean, it's in the end, it ends up being less expensive because you're not renting cars and buying hotel rooms and things like that. But really we wanted to be able to go wherever we wanted to go whenever we wanted to get there without planning. And so that's what kind of this winter was. We followed the snow. We went to really cool places, met up with anyone who asked us to meet up with them. And it was a really cool adventure along the way. You were just like the yes couple all winter long. Yeah. I love it. So of course, we're going to get into your acne journey, but I want to share with everybody listening a little bit more about your background, your history in the sport. And I actually wanted to share a really funny kind of story that I had shared with you after I was on your podcast. So I was on Aaron's podcast earlier this year called Unspoken Bravery. If you don't follow the podcast, if you haven't listened to it, I highly recommend it because she really pulls back the curtain on all of these heroes in the world and lets them share their stories. So when I was on it afterwards, I had this aha moment, Erin, where like my previous you know, life was 14 years working at Hockey Night in Canada. But while I was working at CBC, I did a couple Olympic games. I did the one that we're referencing would be, I did Beijing and Sochi. So obviously you were at the Sochi games and you were competing. And my job on the Toronto crew at that time was to cut all of the ski racing. I was cutting every Canadian ski race there. And a thousand percent, I went and cut through all of your races zero clue that one day our paths would cross in like a completely unexpected way. Yeah, I love moments like that where all of a sudden you meet someone and it's like serendipitous, like it's Mm -hmm. like you were supposed to meet or you met in this previous, I say previous life about different things too, but this previous job before you transitioned. And I think it's really cool to have that connection. Yeah, it was. it's just really interesting how the world and the universe works like that. So that was just a little side story there. But I would love to know, Erin, like what really got you into racing and what what really fueled that for you to be able to compete at an Olympic level? Because like a very small percentage of athletes ever get there. But what really what really drove you to get to that spot? Yeah, I don't think I had a choice in the matter of whether I skied or not. Um, my name is Erin because my mom pictured me racing down the hill so aggressively that people thought I was a boy. So I'm pretty sure that it started before in the womb it might have started. But I started, I grew up water skiing and alpine skiing and I split my time and I was a better water skier, actually. I went to Junior Worlds, Junior Masters, um, got some medals there. But when I made the national team for alpine skiing, I knew it's kind of where my heart was in the mountains and pursuing this dream. And of course, I could potentially go to the Olympics. And so I gave up water skiing in 2007, 2008. And after that, I just focused all my time. I took some time off school. I focused all my time on alpine skiing. I don't know. I was never the kid to dream of going to the Olympics when I was really young. Really? You weren't? No. And I think I think it was always... 
I hoped it might happen, but it was never, I wanted to be a veterinarian, you know? And then when I made the national team, I'm like, oh, this might be possible, but in a few years. And then all of a sudden, two years later, I went to the Olympic Games when I was 19 years old. Wow. And so after that, it was just kind of putting one step in front of the other, one foot forward and being resilient. I mean, it was not an easy journey. It never is with anything, but with sport, there's injury and there's heartbreak and there's sadness and there's tons of high moments. The highs are high and the lows are low. So it took me a lot to get to four Olympic Games. Like that's an incredible feat for anyone that's not in the world of sport. Getting to compete at four Olympic Games is a huge feat. Like when you share your story, I'm like, what am I doing with my life? Like you have accomplished so much in your young life already. And for you, when you look back at being 19, going to the Olympic Games, competing for your country, what was that feeling like when you first stepped onto the Olympic stage? Yeah, I remember standing in the start gate and I was like, just pretend it's not the Olympics, pretend it's not the Olympics. But of course, there's Olympic rings everywhere. They're on the start, they're on the starters' jackets, they're on me, like they're everywhere. So that didn't work. But because my first Olympics was in Canada, it was really cool because from the moment you push out of the start into the finish line, there's not much else to think about except what you're doing in that exact moment. Like in skiing, you do more than a turn a second. For my kind of skiing, I, I go at slower speeds, but I make really fast movements. So more than a turn a second. Mm. And if you're thinking in the present moment, you're behind. You have to think in the future. You can't think about the mistakes that you made previously. It's all what's going to happen next. And so when I crossed the finish line, I just remember like red and white banners everywhere, people stamping their feet. And that was really cool to have an Olympic experience at home. That is so amazing. Like I have tears in my eyes listening to that because I can imagine how exciting that must have been for you, but also your family. Yeah. Yeah. My whole family was there, cousins, grandparents, which I'm really happy my grandparents were Mm. healthy and well to be there. So it was really cool. Like I think that it didn't really set in. Like the other Olympics I really trained for and I really knew I was going and maybe I had a shot at a medal. This Olympics, it was like last minute. I heard at the last minute, my roommate came in and woke me up out of bed and was like, no, you just got named for the Olympics. And so it was kind of a surprise. So that was like a moment where I could really, it's like it didn't even set in at that games. And I know something that you just said, both Chris and I's like little ears like shot up a little bit because it was a really awesome nugget that you said. And it's that if you're thinking in the present, then you're behind. We can't always be focused on our past mistakes and our past failures. We always have to be looking at what's ahead. And I think that's such a valuable lesson in any realm of life, in relationships, in health journey, because we're so always focused on our mistakes. And when we're dwell, we're never going to be able to move forward. Chris, did you notice that one as well? Yeah. Yeah. I'm still back at 2008. I'm having kids and you're trained for the Olympics. Like what happened there? <laughs> you just, it's okay, Aaron, you know, <laughs> but I think we're trained to not think what we're doing is enough. Cause I sit there, I'm like, you're having kids. That's wild. And Katie, you've been through so many careers and passions and everything. And then for me too, I can say I've been for Olympics and I sit there and I'm like, but I haven't done university. I haven't done this. So I think we're trained to always want to do more. Yeah. The grass is always greener on the other side, right? We always pine and we see that with clients all the time and we get it, but you're there. And it's that that big word that we've talked about before. It's the buts. And I think it's just natural human nature to always think that what we're doing isn't enough. Like we have that you know, we're always looking at shiny object syndrome. We're always looking at what other people are doing, our friends, our, our family members, whoever it may be. And we always feel like we're not enough, but we are enough. Everyone's just on their own life journey and their own path. And we're all doing amazing things. Yeah, exactly. I love that. Well, Erin, I think that's such a phenomenal journey. Now here you are, you've retired from the Olympic Games as of 2022, correct? Yeah, exactly. 2022, I raced the Olympics and then finished up my season for a couple more months and then uh, retired after that. And at that time where you like, now is the time to focus on my skin because your acne, I remember you telling me the story on your podcast that you remember doing like, was it Hudson's Bay? You were doing Hudson's Bay promos and you were like so worried about your skin and how far back was that going on for you? Like at what Olympic Games was that happening? Yeah, it's a little bit interesting because um, like any teenager, I had some acne. It was never that bad. So I counted myself pretty lucky. But of course I used proactive and you know, went on birth control to control a few different things, a few different symptoms. And then my skin was really good for a few years. And then I had a really hard year in 2014, maybe after you were cutting those uh, videos, I had a really, really hard year for me and took a lot of antibiotics. And I was on kind of different pain medications to manage pain, to ski through the pain Mm -hmm. before it was diagnosed. And after that, my skin got really bad. And I was on TV. And as you said, I was doing some Hudson's Bay, you know, Olympic promotions. And I think the makeup people named my, my one zit I had that was like really 
glaringly in their face. And then we had to manage my hair to kind of cover over it. And so I just remember these times when I'd, you know, be on the podium or be at the bottom and thinking like, this is all anyone's going to notice, which instead it should be what I just did, like what I just accomplished, what I worked for. But I was trying to hide it with neck warmers or my hair or something or makeup and then, you know, makeup's all over your goggles. Like usually I don't wear makeup when I'm skiing. And so it's just, I guess it, no matter what you're doing, things start cutting into your confidence as a skier. And this is one of the things that was kind of cutting into my confidence. And also it's painful. You know, if you have acne on your cheeks and you're putting down your goggles, it's not like you can just be like, oh, forget about this. It's you're trying to rearrange your goggles so it doesn't hurt so much. And so basically from when I was 23 until 32, it was quite not significant. People have it much worse than I do, but for me, it was significant. And I think that's important to note. But it wasn't right away. It wasn't right after I retired that I started focusing on it. I had other health things start popping up. A lot of things come back like concussion symptoms and pain and things that I had been going through. I kept getting sick like over and over again. I just get sick. And for like three months at a time, like sinus infections, all these things. And then finally, I was like, I need to focus on my health. I don't know why I chose my skin first, but I was like, I'll focus on things kind of one at a time here. I gig along with you with that because it's always the skin first. Like we we live in a very visual world, even more so than it ever has been. Like there's obviously television and there's social media and there's Instagram and there's this and there's that. And it's so visual. And because I've had acne myself and Chris has had the experience it's something you're looking at every single day. So for me, when I was on television, I was doing the same thing, wearing so much makeup, wearing HD foundation, parting my hair a certain way, doing different like wide shots, not doing close-ups, standing in a certain angle, a certain lighting. And I hated that. That's what I was having to think about. And you're in the same scenario. Instead of thinking about your race, instead of being like, oh my God, I just crushed life on that. You were like, oh my God, my skin. Because it's the first thing that people see in this very visual world. Yeah. Yeah. And it's something that I hate about it. Like hate about Instagram and stuff that it all has to be so perfect. Like why did I have to cover up this zit for an HBC commercial? But um, it, it is the way the world is and it makes a lot of us self-conscious to be in it. And we talked about this on your podcast. And I know Chris, uh, we talk about this with our clients quite often is being grateful for our acne. And at the first words of that, you're like, um, I'm not grateful for my acne. Like, Katie, you can take that back. Thank you. But it's a massive driver because we know acne is an external symptom of an internal issue. And those internal issues are causing other things going on. It's easier to ignore the bloat. It's easier to ignore chronic headaches. It's easier to ignore the IBS symptoms, but it's not as easy to ignore acne because you're staring at it every day. And when you're staring at it every day, you're like, okay, I need to make the changes. So if we look at it, it really was a great motivator to get those health symptoms under control in general. Yeah, exactly. And one of the things I kept having is headaches. Looking back, they're migraines. Like I, I haven't been diagnosed with migraines, but I, I have to just go to bed, go to sleep. Like I can't do anything afterwards. And I was having them very frequently. And it's seven years since my concussion. So it like really shouldn't have been happening again. And when he first said like, you'll be grateful for your acne, I'm like, no, like I've been dealing with this for 10 years. There's no chance that I'm grateful for this. But now I am. And now I am for myself because uh, some of those symptoms are gone. And some of them I know more how to manage or more like what would trigger a flare up. And I know I'm healthier to begin with. But also as I was doing it, my mom was kind of going through like, it's just easier for her to, you know, eat anti-inflammatory and she had some things going on and now she's healthier than ever. And so that really was eye-opening for me too, because she didn't have acne or anything. But now watching my mom, who's slowly getting older, have these huge health changes as well. I'm like, this is not only for people that suffer from acne, it's kind of for everyone. So do you find that your mom was a big motivator for you to take your health into your own hands? Yeah, I think so. I think so, especially because she kind of had uh, the symptoms go away first. And she, you know, she'd get really sore elbows from kind of tennis elbow and her ears would get really inflamed and sore. And eventually those things started going away before my acne ever disappeared. I'm like, well, if it can have such a big change for her, just giving up gluten and dairy, that's it. And some sugar, then it must work just maybe a little bit more slowly for me, or maybe it's more uh, deeply ingrained, whatever. We're all so different. I don't know what the time period is that we follow. But after seeing such huge changes with her, I'm like, well, one, I'm happy I did it no matter what because she's healthier. But two, I just have to be patient. And then I started seeing changes, which was really cool. So for you, before you decided to jump in and be like, okay, you want to know what? My acne needs to be a priority. I need to get these things under control. Did you have any of those like fears pop up in the back of your head? Like, no, you can't do this. Like, was there anything really mulling around in the back of your head about that? 
yeah, I'm like your classic what if girl. Like, well, what if this happens? What if it gets worse? What if the supplements don't agree with me? What if I lose weight? What if I, you know, all these things? What if I gain weight? What if, you know? And a big thing was actually, what if I can't do it or follow through? Because as you said, for a lot of it, I was living out of a schoolie. Some of it, I was living in an off-grid cabin where you bring all your food in at once. So you can't get fresh fruits and vegetables and things like that. But another thing is most of the time we live in houses with other people. So whether it's uh, my kind of parents-in-law or my family, which makes it hard because it is really intricate and people don't really understand it, nor do they have to because I'm the one doing it. But it, I was really nervous if I could continue. And we actually sat down and I was like, this could be really difficult for a while because there's a lot of things I might just have to come to a birthday party and bring my own food or something like that. But everyone was on board. And I think that that really helped because they were on board and they kind of knew what I was signing up for and they agreed to it as well. But I had a lot of what ifs going in. And is it going to be worth it? I mean, is spending money on myself, is it going to be worth it? Because I came from very frugal you know, only spend what you have to. It's natural, right? As a human being to have all of these what ifs. And it's that it's a combination of the fear of failure. But I find for a lot of people, it's the fear of success, right? Because we're comfortable in the discomfort of our acne. It's known, we're used to it. And it's scary of what could be on the other side. Now, I'm excited that obviously Chris is my co-host because Chris has been your coach over these last months. And I think She's had such a wonderful experience coaching you. Like she was always talking you up in our coaching meetings. So, Chris, I wanted you to kind of take the lead on, you know, this next set of questions for Erin about a little bit more on her journey and the things that she did to get to where she is now. Yeah. Well, Erin, you know, when we first met, there were some what ifs, right? So I remember that. Something I do want to just kind of connect because I go through this with a lot of clients. It's just, it hits home, right? So let's jump back when you first came in. And you're like, well, I'm with, I'm with my mother-in-law and she does all the cooking and this is her kitchen. You remember that conversation? You're like, I don't think I can ask her to change. And then we started working on the words on how to approach it and your comfort level of approaching it, right? Not everyone's an A-type. Not everyone's going to go and say, ah, this is what we have to do and we have to change. You're not a Chris. That's more my style. So <clears throat> yeah, this is what's happening, people. Let me tell you. No, but. Once you had those, those conversations, and I'm going to let you explain this, right? You came back to me like, Hey, I had the conversation and this is what's happened, right? It was nice and warm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think that I never, I have a great relationship with, you know, both of our families and I never expect, I just hate being a problem, you know? And I think we can all relate to that when you go to a restaurant, you're like, Hey, what's in that dish? Or, um, do you have a gluten free option? Like I, I didn't like being that person because I'm, I'm definitely introverted. I'm, Type A, but like very, I don't like confrontation, don't like asking for extra things. And I think that I just was nervous if I asked for, I just didn't want to be a problem, you know? But we did have those conversations. And a lot of the time it was just making shifts, you know? It was just uh, sometimes getting in there and cooking my own thing after or preparing it ahead or having leftovers. But we found a way to make it work. And it was, you know, it was really cool. And I think what was cool too is that they started trying some of the recipes and they started trying some of the things I was eating. And some of it, they're like, this is, you know, we're going to substitute this for this now. And I think that that's my boyfriend as well. He, uh, big pizza lover, big uh, pasta pizza burgers. He's that standard guy's guy. Yeah, exactly. And he started making changes. And even yesterday, he put down an ice cream bar because he's like, why is there canola oil in an ice cream bar? Lenny, good for you. Yeah. And so slowly everyone, you know, I was not pushy at all. I was just like, hey, this is what I'm doing. And this is what I can and can't have. Um, but you don't have to remember everything I can and can't have because I don't remember it. I have to go to the sheet a lot of the time. But everyone kind of, they took it in stride and it made us all try new recipes and try new things and be a little bit more aware of what we were consuming, all of us. And in the beginning, when you first making those changes, yeah. what was one of the like first aha moments where you're like, oh, damn, like this has some merit to it? That's a good question. I think this is not totally your question, but I think the first aha moment that I'm like, I'm not making sacrifices is when we made our first breakfast together and we made a, a one of your uh, sweet potato breakfast egg bowls. It was so good. But I think the first aha moment is that the headaches stopped happening as frequently. And that summer I was having them like frequently where I was really uncomfortable and I still had to kind of go throughout my day. But like I said, I couldn't really do a whole lot when those headaches come on. And that I think was the biggest thing that the headaches, I think I've had two since um, last September which that's wild to only have two when I was having, you know, two in a week before. 
And so I think that was the biggest aha. So it was definitely not my skin at all. You know, my skin, it was more like, is this working? And the hard thing, I think, little tangent, the hard thing is that since it's an outward appearance, it's anyone you tell, this is why I'm doing it. Like if you're totally honest with them, they look at your skin, they're like, well, is it working? Yes. And it made me really self-conscious because I was like, well, I don't know, like it seems a little bit better or my skin tone's better or like, you know, I have a acne spot or a little area today. And so I think that was hard because you can't say, oh no, I feel better. It's like people see the outcome on you. And it took a little while for me to start seeing it. Yeah. I'm big on that. I'm big on not sharing that it's for acne because like you said, you remember that one commercial, that one advertising that Hudson Bay, you remember that. Yeah. yeah. You remember that they named your acne. That is something that's a trauma response. Fair. Yeah. So because of that, and you've had beautiful victories, you've had good moments in between, you've had hardships, but you remember that. Yeah. So absolutely. And that's why I'm not, I'm not about hiding. And, you know, masking things. I'm very transparent. But when we're explaining, that's the least least of where we want to go, yeah. right? We want to talk about, hey, I'm doing something for my body. And, you know, when you first come in, bowel inconsistencies, these types of things, right? Okay, let's talk about, you know, I, my guts don't feel good. Keep it really low key. That way, it's not that external because that's how we can easily judge everybody. And that's what people do. Mm-hmm. So... I always say, you know what? Judgment isn't for us. However, guess what? It's right. Look at, look at Aaron. You've already said it. I could have been, Oh, you're having babies. That's so cool. I could have done that. And you know what? My time should have been better. So whether we're skiing, mumming or, (laughs) you know, coaching, whatever it is, that judgment is always there in some form because we always feel that there is something better or more. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. No, exactly. So many golden nuggets. And mind you, I do have to tell people something. When Erin came into the clear skin, that's when her and Lenny were just (laughs) getting the schoolie ready. Just. So just. (laughs) So living in a remote area where she was going grocery shop. Chris, give me all the goods. I have got, I've got one, one day to do my shop. Right. And I'm like, okay, Aaron, I'm on this. Right. Like I'm like sweating here, trying to make sure I've got it. She's, she's messaging. I'm at the store. Is this substitute? Okay. Right. So it's going back and forth. And then, you know, obviously getting the schoolie ready, living, you're basically living more with Lenny's parents, not wanting to infringe on that environment. So there was a lot going on. There was a lot going on for Erin. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and I was racing. So I was traveling and racing and eating at hotel room. Like mm-hmm. you didn't have a choice to eat in a hotel room. We had no fridges and stuff. So always eating out and things like that and plain food and travel. So it was a lot. There were a lot of what ifs as I, I probably, if I thought about all the what ifs that hard before I signed up, I, I would have been really nervous. Or not even signed up. It, it, it paralyzed in that fear of the what ifs because what ifs are very paralyzing. Yes. But for you, what I really admire about you is you like you had a million and one legitimate excuses. I'm converting a schoolie. I'm still racing. I'm an elite athlete. I'm living, you know, in hotels. I'm traveling. I'm eating airplane food. It's just not the right time. Cause that's something that, that women say to themselves all the time. It's just not the right time, but it's really never going to be the right time. And so for you, you're like, nope, I'm doing this and I'm going to make it work. I feel like your like tagline is I'm just going to make it work. And you met everything with so much positivity. And it was never like complaints. It was never like, I can't do this because you were like, okay, let's just figure out how we're going to do it. So for you, like, I think that was such a key contributor to the success of what you've done for yourself because you just kept moving. You kept moving the goalpost forward for yourself. Yeah. Yeah. And it was, I'm not going to say it was easy because sometimes when we were living in the schoolie, it was hard to find grocery stores or we drove across the country and meals had to be prepared or, you know, it's easy to stop at a Tim Hortons and grab whatever. And in that time I was in one of our hardest protocols. And I remember one day being almost in tears because we had just had a lot of engine trouble. It's another story, but we had a lot of trouble and we finally got to a friend's house to spend the night and she had cooked a beautiful dinner, but a lot of it I couldn't have. But I felt uncomfortable to say that I couldn't, you know, it was already prepared. I remember almost being in tears because I didn't want to upset her, but I was so hungry. But there's always a different way. You know, there, that, I think that that's what it is. It's like, there's always a way to make it happen. And I do read through our Facebook group and a lot of people have 
amazing tips. But I think what it is, is that everyone shifts. And for me, it was a lot of prepping, like ahead of time prepping. My friends would make fun of me, like they they called me the meal prepper. And sometimes when you have a 5 a.m. morning, you know, the meal, the breakfast has to be ready. And so I'd make it the night before and then make my lunch. And I was bringing, you know, salad boxes when we're ski touring or on this snowmobile. But I think the good thing is I could always go to Chris and ask, you know, this is what's going on. How can I make shifts? Or, you know, Katie, I'm going to a restaurant. What should I really focus on here? And sometimes I could make it so that I didn't have to go to a restaurant. You know, sometimes I could hang food bags out the window and it would stay a little bit cold at the hotels or make a salad and then just get the protein. That's clever. Like I got creative for sure. And it wasn't easy. Food bag out the window for extra refrigeration. I'm like, yeah, man, that is good. You are a ski racer. You got, you know how to utilize that cold. Now we know how to find Erin in the hotel. We're like, which wind? There she is. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. But I don't know. It was, I'm not going to say it was easy to go through some of the protocols with all of that. But I think the cool thing is, is that when I was competing, I was worried because at the time we, I wasn't eating anything that could be converted into sugar. So not many carbs, things like that. And I was worried about my energy. And that day, I think we started at 7am and I got home at 6.30pm and we were on the hill all day and it was freezing cold and competing and like round after round. And um, my energy was high. I was good. I felt strong. Like it didn't affect my energy at all in a negative way or my strength or my performance at all. And that was a huge eye-opener for me. I think that's a great thing to bring up, right, Chris, is the misconception that, especially when you're doing a therapeutic protocol. So for a lot of clients, they have to go through more intensive therapeutic protocols, more elimination style, like very structured. And we find one of the biggest things is a few clients will be like, oh, you know, I've lost weight. I'm really hungry, blah, 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 blah. But what we find is they're usually not eating enough food. And when you eat enough food, we don't need to be concerned about losing weight or losing muscle mass or not having the energy. So for you being an elite athlete, able to go through one of the more therapeutic protocols and have the energy and not feel tired and be able to stay focused and not lose any weight or lose any muscle mass, like that is huge. And that's because you made such an amazing, incredible effort to make sure you were getting those macronutrients of your protein and your fats. And what I think is really cool is that you had really sustained energy because you were fueling your body with incredible fuel sources. Yeah, exactly. And I think that that was also why I waited so long. You know, I waited till I retired from Olympic racing to do it just in case. And I was, I was worried, you know, what if I lose weight? What if, and I, I for sure messaged Chris and I'm like, I'm hey, I'm hungry. She's like, well, eat more. Yeah. yeah. And she's, I'm like that. Yeah. That's, there, there's that's a my simple Chris, answer. There's Chris answer. Eat more. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I did, I had snacks on me all the time and things like that, but it was really interesting because my body almost shifted. It's, um, I've always been pretty lean and muscular but obviously I'm not training like I used to before it was five times a day. And now I can keep on the same muscle mass and more definition, maybe, you know, a one hour a day or nothing or take weeks off or two hours or five hours. If I want to, I haven't done that yet, but um, the energy is still there and the muscle mass is still there and the definition is still there, but the weight is also still there. You know, I didn't lose a ton of weight. And for me, I was nervous about that. And so I think that a lot of the things that paralyze us into fear of actually doing this are you know, there's solutions for, you know, these things could happen, but there are solutions and the coaches are right there supporting. And so for me, it was really interesting. And I think the biggest thing, and maybe Chris, you want to talk about this after, but when I came in, I thought I was pretty healthy. You know, I, I would choose the healthiest option at the buffet table. And, you know, if there was fries and schnitzel, I would choose like the rice and chicken or something. But I think maybe that was the eye opening thing as I entered this program that I didn't really have an option when I was traveling with the team, the way we were traveling, but I really wasn't eating that healthy. And part of me wishes that I started this earlier because at least I would have had the knowledge to make those healthier choices while being an Olympic athlete, because maybe I would have had more sustainable energy and, you know, more muscle mass and been able to put on the muscle easier and had, you know, less migraines and things like that. And so what I thought was healthy because I was making the healthiest choice I new. I just wish I had more knowledge, the knowledge that I have now. I do too. Me. And when you came in, we talked about that, right? Yeah. (laughs) I'm like, I wish I knew this too. (laughs) I want to save myself so many issues. (laughs) I know. I think we all want a piece of that, right? You know, we, we talked about your, your foods, right? From 16, we actually went right back to that. So we were talking about the foods and about the fries and it's really as an athlete, which I find honestly, it blows my mind. Now that I know what I know, 
how carb heavy. Absolutely. This is, it's everything is drive and you need sustainable energy and you need that glucose. And, you know, I'm like, Hey, Aaron, what was on the buffet? And you're like pizza and fries and potatoes and, and all of these things and rices. And we had to, and we're combining them. And how'd you feel? Oh, I didn't feel so good. Right. So when we look at the foods and what we look at for athletes and in our realm now, Katie, Hey, we've been in it a while. You know, I know bodybuilders. I know they're like, man, no, I don't do the carbs. I do the fibers. I do the fats and I do the protein. And I think that's what you're saying, right, Aaron, is when you learned how to balance those, you're like, I don't need to resort to these empty calories. I don't need to resort to the quick burn sugars. When I know how my body can process and digest and I mean, Hey, you've been in it a while. So you're really, you're really like going and taking, uh, by the way, I should also tell everybody, Erin is a, not just a what if, but she's a why. And we love the why. <laughs> yes. I think it's so important <laughs> to know the whys of things. She is a why. So she'll be like, okay, cool. Why is that? Okay, cool. Why is that? And I'm like, you know, any client for me, bring it in, bring in the whys. Cause if I can geek out, if I can give you a little drip and a little up level, I'm going to do that for you. You know, so when we, she does the why, the what ifs, the difference is Erin will go, oh, what if this happens? And I will come back and she's like, why is that? That's cool. Mm-hmm. So do you see how that mindset shift instead of just going in and going, oh my gosh, but what if I lose weight? Okay. What if you do? I mean, there's been those conversations, right? Well, what if I, okay, Erin, what, what if you do? Well, well, I don't know, Chris, that's why I'm messaging you. <laughs> <laughs> right. And now Erin comes to me. Hey, here's my symptoms. Here's how I feel. This is what I've noticed. This is what I've eaten in the last three, five days. Here's the external circumstances. Here's what I've pieced together. What am I missing? Man, I got to be on my game now. Yeah. Aaron's (laughs) making you up level. Aaron's like, bring in the heat. There's no room there. (laughs) You're like, all right, let's do this. Yeah. I'm becoming the uh, Olympic new nutritionist here, you know? So just for Aaron. But no, I love it. And I just want to commend you on that because that's part of, I was talking about sustainability. That's part of your sustainable model. So you're grabbing it, you're taking it, right? Uh, you were about to do a functional test recently and you're like, you know what? I'm just not there. I'm stressed right now. And I said, okay. You're like, but I don't want to wait another month. And I say, okay, well, what's the course of action? You're like, I'm waiting, right? I'm waiting. And why did you wait? And I just, you know. Yeah, Um, because the... Like we had to test hormones and levels and things. And I was sick, really sick, feeling horrible and then really stressed because we are trying to buy a house and move out and all these things are happening as our lives kind of shift. And I wanted to make sure that I do it right. And I think that that's the way I did it throughout the whole thing. Like I wasn't in a school bus being like, oh, I'm kind of following the protocol. Like I did it right. Like remembered everything, remembered the supplements, remembered all these things. And so it was really important for me to do it right. Because as you said, I'm a what if girl, but I'm a why girl, which sometimes when people first meet me, it rubs them the wrong way because it makes them think that I'm questioning them. But really I find when I understand the why, then I can jump in with both feet and I'm in. You know, I'm never going to put a toe or a foot out if I can't help it. But if I don't understand that, I'm kind of just following blindly. But when I understand that, I'm like, okay, but I'm doing this because it does this or this is the result. And so if we're testing my hormones and sickness and stress and these things can affect the results, then I want to wait a month so that when I get those results, I know that we're targeting the, I guess, my normal. It could be still a really high stress level, but at least it's not, you know, staying up at night and putting in all these offers and and what it is what it was at the moment. And for you, I think having those, always having the why is really important. And that's something that we teach clients when they come in is what is your why? Like, why are you doing this health journey for yourself? And it's the first answer is like, well, I want to clear my skin. Absolutely. That's a why, (laughs) but what's the deeper why that's under there? Like how is clearing up your skin going to impact your life? So for you, when you were living in a schoolie, you know, traveling and racing and having all these crazy ways you were preparing food, what was really that why that you were holding on to for yourself? That's a good question. I think a few things. I think the easy one, of course, is like, I want a clear skin. I think the second thing is I could see the health changes and I wanted to follow through and see exactly how it could all change. But I think also, and this might be a cop out a little bit or a little bit of my training in there. Once you say yes to something and commit to something, I don't like to say no. You know, so I was committed. I started the protocol. I was in the door. And so at that point, I have to follow through in my head. I have to follow through and this is the way we're going. And so 
I, I do remember messaging Chris and I'm like, okay, you know, my, my bowels have shifted. My digestion has shifted. I'm getting headaches less. You know, these things are changing, but my skin's not. And everyone else in the Facebook, their skin is changing. Like I definitely had moments where I'm like, what's the point of this anymore? And I think that a few things, it's if I had only been waiting for the skin, that would have been hard. But since I was looking for these other health milestones, that made it easier. And then also because I was very committed to the program, to Crest being my coach, to like seeing where this could go, it, it does help when you have accountability. I think Erin uh, needs to be our new consistency coach <laughs> and teaching everybody her elite <laughs> athlete Olympian consistency uh, skills because it's, it's such a valuable skill set to have. And it, it's just, it's very admirable. And I just love that alignment where, you know, you took all these lessons that you've learned from seeing and being this athlete and you like copy and pasted it over into your health journey as well. Yeah. Yeah. And that's a cool thing because as you hear, I'm sure you've heard on the news, a lot of athletes, when they retire, they struggle. And it's been a hard year. Like it's it's not easy when you, as you guys have seen, when you shift, when you become a mom, it's a, mm-hmm. it's a shift because you are, you know, only think about yourself, you're single, all these things. And then all of a sudden you have a family or when you transition out of a job you've had for 10 years or something. And so for me, it was a huge shift. And that was really cool to see what I could take from my ski racing experience and put it into normal life. Like I'm not just leaving and, you know, I have these accolades, but what am I really leaving with? I think that um, it was really cool to see how it could be brought into this program as well. But also I think when Chris first met me, it's like also it could be a detriment because it's like expecting perfection, expecting it to go perfectly, expecting quick results, always expecting it to be better and better and better. And so sometimes it's important to keep that a little bit in check and and have patience and go through the process and get curious about it. And that's kind of one of my things too. I really want to be curious. And now I'm you know not just reading the course notes, I'm reading other things about nutrition and reading labels and then Googling what that ingredient might mean, not just totally avoiding it, trying to understand why maybe we're avoiding it. Um, And I think for me, that curiosity really also helped kind of push it forward because as you become curious, it's like I said with Lenny, he's not eating canola oil that's in his ice cream anymore. And it's it's not because it doesn't taste good. It tastes good. Like that's what I say. I love all things. Like I love bread. I love dairy. Yeah. that once you get curious and you're like, hey, why is that not so good? And oh, now that I understand that, I'm going to try never to consume it again. And about moderation, right? <laughs> exactly. That's why I say try because for sure I've had canola oil at certain parts throughout because it's hard to avoid Absolutely. all the time. But again, you don't go out to eat every every meal. And so at the beginning, I was like, <laughs> hey, what's it cooked in? But now at least now I'm not in a protocol. And I could say, you know, I want the salmon on a salad and this dressing and I don't have to ask what the salmon is cooked in because again, moderation. And I think that's what I wish I knew as an athlete. Maybe I couldn't have always avoided the pizza bar at a restaurant, but at least it could have been during those three weeks of travel, not, you know, all the time. And it's important, right? Is finding that balance because you it's not about perfection. You will drive yourself absolutely crazy trying to hit perfection in any realm of your life, including a health journey. And so for me, I remember when I first started learning all these things, I'm like, oh my God, I'm just going to have to like, I'm going to eat air for the rest of time because everything in our food system is poisoned. But as I, you know, I, I kind of went through my journey, I'm now in a better spot where it's a balance where I don't go out for meals a lot. But if I'm going to go out for dinner with my husband, I'm not, like you said, I'm not being like, hey, was this cooked in canola oil? And what did you put in your salad dressing? I'm going to enjoy going out for dinner with my husband and following that, what we like to call that 80-20 approach, where when you have control over what you eat uh, 80% of the time, cook things that make your body feel good. And then the other 20%, you can go and enjoy like weddings and dinners out and all of those things and have that balance. So you don't need to be striving for constant perfection. Yeah. And that 80-20 rule, at first I didn't understand. I'm like, okay, so 80% of the time I can eat this and 20% I can have the pizza and the fries and these things. Um, But really the 80-20 does give you a lot of leeway. And you know, if you do go to a restaurant in that 20, you can you cannot worry as much. And so I think that that's the thing that also everyone around me felt as well, that it's not so restricted and so perfect that it's like, I have to eat perfectly. I have to make these switches. I can't put that on my face. What I do realize is that when I do have that you know, 20% or I do go out or whatever it is, it doesn't affect me as much as what it did before because my body kind of just handles it now. And and you, you're you right. Like I am aware Like before I do anything, I'm like, oh, I know I'm consuming this. But at the same time, I'm like, but it won't affect me because it's in moderation now. Absolutely. And when we look over at your journey, because you've been with us for um, almost a year now, right? Has it been a year yet? We hit our one year mark? Yeah. Not yet. Not yet. Okay. Almost. It's just shy. I knew it was around, around now, but I would love for you to just give us a little timeline 
over the last, say, 11, 10 or 11 months when you've been working with us, when did you first start to notice changes in your non-skin symptoms? And then at what point did you start to see some really big shifts in your skin? Because I think it's important that people understand this isn't an overnight journey. Yeah, this will be hard. Um, I think that the first thing was within a few months um, with kind of bowels which is actually a, a really nice, great thing to change first. Isn't it? Yeah. Like we, we kind of forget about that, but it's a lot of things are like, hey, this is normal. It's not that normal. And so I think I noticed that first. And I would say within... That was fast. I'd say within a month, I saw that change for sure before starting any difficult protocol. And then, you know, the, the headache symptoms um, shifted maybe within two or three months. Painful periods shifted probably five months or so in. Periods shifted a little bit. And some things I didn't notice a huge shift with, but also it was a huge life shift, like energy levels. I was expecting a bigger shift, but also when you're living in a schoolie doing what we were doing, I think that also lifestyle has to come into play. You know, we're not living in the same place, same time, going to bed at the same time, a lot of things like that. Skin shifts, it was, you know, when you see the Instagram, like what you think your progress will be like (laughs) and what it actually is like. That was me. I was like very up and down. And at the beginning of this episode, I said, you know, my skin felt bad to me. I've seen, you know, I really feel for people that struggle more than I did um, before beginning this journey, because for sure, you know, I even had imposter syndrome coming in because I'm like, is that, am I even a fit? Because mine's not, you know, I definitely have it and I have scarring and I have these things, but it's not, you know, I can cover it. And so it was really up and down with my journey. And I remember even, I think maybe Chris remembers more. I think even at seven months, I was like, Chris, everyone on the Facebook, they're like, Hey, I'm seeing these skin changes. This is happening. This is, I'm like, I'm not seeing these things. And I think the other thing is that Chris was seeing them happening. So maybe not necessarily getting rid of the acne, but more even skin tone or less bags under my eyes or these things start shifting. And then I would say probably, and it's almost been a year, I guess, probably in the last month or so, not being on a protocol, that's when I saw the biggest shifts. So more youthful skin, um, like looking in the mirror and being like, I don't even have to put on makeup today, like even mascara, because I'm just, I feel more comfortable and confident. But that was after I finished protocols and waited. And so I'm really glad that I went through both of them and had the patience because I think if I stopped halfway through, I just would have thought it like, wasn't working for me. And it did. It's just, it took a bit longer And like I said, the biggest thing is that now I can travel and not be like, well, when I land, I'm going to have a huge breakout, which is hard when you know you have a big competition or a, you know, a TV event or you're on TV or something and knowing that, you know, plane equals acne immediately. I think, thank you for sharing your journey with us because I think it's so important for other women to hear that it's not four weeks of, you know, eating a salad and taking a probiotic and your skin clears because so many women are just, they're very impatient. They want the results yesterday. And I always say, you can't Amazon prime your skin. Like we have to give it time. And while sure, you know, a good bulk of, I, we always like to, what is it, Chris? I would say 60% of our clients see big shifts in their skin before that six month mark. And then maybe another 25% are going to be in uh, Aaron's range of like the six to the nine month range. Then we'll have another like 5% that'll take up to a year and then another like less than five for over a year. Because it's so dependent on your body on what's your health history. And we can never put that healing timeline because when you put a healing end date, you're like, oh, nope, by day 46, my skin has to be clear because I have an event coming up your body is going to be like, nope, we're not ready yet. You got to keep going. And so many women give up prematurely because they're not seeing the results quick enough. Yeah. And I think that that could have been me being a perfectionist and being a bit impatient and things like that. But I think that it's, um, I don't know why the timelines are there the way they are, you know? And, and as I said, I wasn't a worst case coming in and it still took me longer. And so I thought, oh, you know, I've been an athlete. I have, you know, pretty healthy eating habits. Like I already don't have caffeine and these things, but it did take a little while. And I think it's also important to note, like I am, as we talked about, I am going through, you know, the next phase, which is more hormone based. And it's less about my skin now and more about my health Mm -hmm. and more about, you know, what life choices and the stress that I was under, you know, because I was always constantly having to perform and people watch you. Everything you do is watched from what you eat, what you wear to how you perform. And if you perform under pressure and you know, you're know you traveling and jet lag and all these things, plus birth control um, for over 10 years, that now it's less about, hey, how much better can my skin get? It's more like, how can I focus on my health? And 
this is the next step for me to try to balance all these hormones, all these things that I've kind of been neglecting. And that makes me a woman as well and, and figure that out. And so I think that it's, it, it is a process and a journey and it doesn't just start and end with the skin. I love, this has been such a like full, well-rounded journey for you because you came in being about acne, you got so many shifts in your health and now you're like, oh man, now what can I do to help me in the next chapter? I'm, uh, you know, I'm finished my Olympic career. What can I do next in orders for me to keep having this vitality and this health? Because once you get a taste of what it's like to feel good, you're like, oh man, I want to keep this going for as long as humanly possible. Yeah. And it's not just me like being curious and a what if and a why girl. Because when you go over to the Facebook group and get the support of these other women, everyone's like, I researched this new product and has this and this and this. And you know, everyone is so well-versed. And I've, I've heard you say it in your podcast before that people don't come in and just like, hey, my skin's bad. Let's try things. People have tried everything and they've, they're really well they, they're well-versed and they're knowledgeable. And so it's really cool to see, to share ideas with those other people, other women in the Facebook group, but also see how curious they are to be like, hey, now I made this shift in my shower products or now I do this before bed because it helps with my sleep. And everyone becomes so curious about just mm-hmm. being healthier in general. It, it doesn't just, it's not just skin anymore. Like probably if you entered that that group, you it would even be hard to see that it's about skin. Absolutely. Totally. Like right off the bat. And I, you know, I always think to myself, I'm like, that's how I rope them in. I, I get them for their acne, but I fix their life because us as a coaching, like me and Chris, Leanna and Callie and Melanie and all of our coaches, Ashley, we truly, like if we just clear your skin, we failed you because we want every client to walk away with life skills that they can improve different areas of their health, that they can teach to their families and to their loved ones and take this with them for the rest of their lives. So I just, I love that you've seen that and those shifts that have been made that aren't just skin related. So for you, now that you've done all of this work on yourself, you're feeling better, your skin's in, in, a, in a much better place than it had been. For you, what really excites you most about that? Like how has all of these shifts positively impacted your life? I think I'm excited that it's a journey. Um, I'm really excited for us to move and get a place and so that I can test out recipes and keep learning and keep shifting and and continuing on the journey. Like it's not just a dead stop now, but I'm also really excited about, um, you know, doing that and like with my partner and with my family and showing that we can all kind of be that way and be healthier and have more knowledge. But honestly, I'm going to school for the, to university for the first time in 14 years. Um, so I'm nervous. Like it's, I'm nervous coming in. Yeah, it's cool. But I'm getting a kinesiology degree and part of me is like, hey, maybe I can do some nutrition courses and maybe afterwards I can focus on. And I think that that's what it does. It gets you wanting more. (laughs) It's almost like an addiction. You're like, oh, I want to know more about how I can be healthier and how I can make shifts and how I can do it Mm -hmm. under a budget or how I can do it. Because that's what was hard too, that, you know, how can I do this under a budget and also with no shipping address? So I don't have the you know, I can't get the supplements right away. I can't get mm-hmm. food boxes and things. So I'm really curious how the shifts I can make as it becomes easier when we have a house, but also how I can just make shifts in my own life, like over and over again. And for sure, I'm not perfect. Like there's things that I need to do better. So how to see that work and how to create a habit out of it. And you want to, none of us are perfect, right? They're, even Chris and I as nutritionists, you would think we have like this down pat. There's still things or, you know, still protocols we work through. And we, like right now I've been going through a low histamine protocol and I swear to God, Aaron, every day I text Chris, I'm like, can I please have a matcha? Please, for the love of God, let me have my matcha. And she's like, Katie, we've talked about this. And so it, it's, you know, it isn't an easy thing to do. It really, really taking control of your health, doing the things that need to be done. It's not easy, but it's so worth it in the end. And I, you know, if, if you can do it, living out of schooling, no fixed address, traveling, all the things, really anybody listen, listening, they can do it too. So Chris, I want you to ask Erin our last two fun little questions that we have for her. Oh, Katie and her questions, Erin. I'm pre-apologizing now for what comes out of my mouth. They're not that bad. <laughs> These are easy. I was, e- I was easy on her today. <laughs> oh, well, that's nice, Erin. At least somebody gets the easy button. Okay, hang tight. Ready? <laughs> all right, Erin. Drum roll. Here we go. What would you say is the biggest life lesson you've learned from skiing, from your professional career? I think my mantra as I was skiing was progress over perfection. Try to make progress. Don't have it be perfect. Sometimes like put out B minus work, just start, do something. And as a ball rolls, it'll get easier and you'll learn hacks. But the biggest like trait I learned was for sure resilience, like 
how to get back up and not just get back up, but get back up better than before. That's beautiful. Yeah. I love how you're stacking it. The resilience, that's what it's all about. Life is being resilient. And I love that yours is progress, not perfection. And I'm wondering, should we get matching tattoos with that? Like on our arm, progress, <laughs> not perfection. I think it's that's a great a one. Tattoo. I'm going to be there with the, homeo, uh, the homeopathics after. Okay, ladies, we got to take heavy, heavy metals, metals from the tattoo. Here we go. Yeah. <laughs> that's Chris's role. We'll, we'll, we'll do a non-permanent, just to test it out so we can have matching matching yeah. quotes on our arm or something. I'm stressed. I know you are. I know. Thing. Okay, next question. <laughs> next question. The overall best lifestyle habit that you've developed in the last, say, 10, 11 months that you're like, this is my baba boom. Hmm. That's, it's hard to focus on one, I think. And yeah, well, I was going to say balance. Like I was going to say balance because like for me, sleep is huge. If I don't sleep, I'm, I can't do it. I can't make good decisions. I can't do 80, 20. Like I, I just can't. So, but I would say it's all balanced. So it's not saying that I sleep from this time to this time every night. It's just like, I do try to focus on my sleep. I try to eat a balanced plate. I try to, you know, balance how much I'm working out and with rest um, as well, or how much I'm stressing with how much I'm enjoying and having things. So I think that a lifestyle habit for me right now is balance. And that's what the 80-20 is. It's not quite balanced, but it's having that balance where you can still enjoy life and have those things. And so I think that's the biggest thing that it's not either or, and it's not white or black. It's just balancing everything from good sleep to good health to good nutrition and um, and allowing those mistakes to happen. I love it. Erin, I think you should be a motivational speaker in your next career path. I think that should be your next <laughs> route. You could be motivational speaking. It's because I have to motivate myself. <laughs> I think that's where it all comes from, right? It's like self, I'm talking to myself, but also to the room. I love that. Well, Erin, thank you so much. Like I seriously, from the bottom of our hearts, thank you for coming on the podcast today. I know you have lots going on in your life and we just are so grateful that you shared your journey. We're able to, again, help motivate other women who are maybe having these same feelings that you are. And for anyone that wants to, you know, follow you, support a fellow Canadian athlete that has competed for our country and continues to compete around the world, where can they find you? And also where can they find your podcast? Yeah, I'm um, very active on Instagram and it's my name, Erin Milzinski, which just look it up in the show notes because it's a it's a mouthful. It's a, almost every letter of the alphabet in there. And then my podcast, I did take a little break as we were in the schoolie, but um, it's Unspoken Bravery and you can find it wherever you listen to podcasts. And Katie's is one of the last ones I recorded. So hopefully I get back up to doing that because it's a joy. And I want to say thank you to both of you as well, because if your course wasn't there, if I didn't find you, then it wouldn't have started this journey for sure. Um, there wasn't like another option for me at the moment. And so thank you. And I think what you said is perfect. Like we enter for our skin and we stay for our health and we make those changes for our health. So thank you for that because now, you know, it's not just me. It's, it's my mom's making changes and money's putting down that. That ice cream bar. Not so healthy ice cream and things. Amazing. Yeah. So I think what you're doing and how you explained it is perfect. Amazing, Erin. Thank you for that. That your words, like truly just, we appreciate them more than you know. And we've so loved working with you and watching you. And like, we've been so invested in this schoolie situation over the last year. I'm like, I need to know how it's going. <laughs> I need to know the updates. So thank you again for sharing this journey with us and allowing us to be a part of this chapter of your life because it truly is so rewarding being able to watch women have these transformations. So everyone, please go follow Erin. Her info will be in the show notes. Go listen to her podcast. Get caught up for when she starts her next season. All right, everybody. Thank you. And we'll see you again next Wednesday here at the Clear Skin Chronicles. Thanks for hanging out with us this week on the Clear Skin Chronicles. We'll see you next Wednesday with a brand new episode. Remember to subscribe to the show and drop us a review. Sending glowing vibes your way, Katie and Chris.